Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. There's a heaven, there's a hell, here are the rules. It's not up to your individual interpretation of it. We read the Bible in Latin, that's what it says. Never mind that you haven't read it. That's the deal. Very neat, right? Now, of course, there was oppression and all sorts of problems with that, but we're still rebelling against that, rebelling against authority, rebelling against rules. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, we examined how individual consciousness evolves rapidly, from the invention of the printing press to the establishment of the United States to pioneering the school of psychology. Today, we're going to look at the shadow side of our nation's, that's the U.S., my nation's, uh, obsession with individuality, which is very much present in our world today and can be seen at this very moment in the uh, COVID-19 resistance to wearing masks notion that the idea that wearing a mask somehow infringes upon our freedom. What freedom actually is and why we're so afraid of losing it, well, that's actually a power issue. Didn't actually think about that until just now. So let me tell you about the new course that's coming up because it's related to that. My new course called Self-Authority Access to Authentic Power begins January 7th, 2021. There are six things at least six things, with which humans have profound difficulty and confusion. God, sex, love, money, death, and power. I just finished a live course on money called Money from Burden to Freedom that's now available online at courses.clearandopen.com. It went so well that I thought I'd do the same thing with power. Also, a lot of people's money issues had to do with power, so it just made sense to do that next. Most people either crave power too much or don't actually own and stand in the power that they have. And it can depend on the domain inside a person. The root issue though, is inevitably your relationship to power itself and how power was misused in your childhood. The first people of power in our lives is our parents, of course. So unless you can claim to have had perfect parents, you like the rest of us have power issues. And power issues show up hugely in romantic and management relationships, but they can also be more subtle and leak into domains of money and spirituality. In short, power is one of those things you really want to clean up in yourself if you care about living an authentic and powerful life. And if you're ambitious and want to really make things happen, it's even more important. Because when you try to do new things by exerting more of your power, your issues with power inevitably show up. To learn more about the course, you can go to clearandopen.com slash authority. That's clearandopen.com slash authority. Hope to see you there. Thanks so much for listening, and let's start the show. So one of the ways to compare the evolution of consciousness here is to, to, to look at it this way. Prior to the importance of the individual, People were operating in a childlike kind of consciousness. And children, let's say like under 10, they get along with other kids pretty well. They're not yet becoming quite mean or really around 10, they start to become mean to other kids. 
they get along, they follow instructions. Uh, they don't have, mostly, they don't have really strong individual wills. They're not rebelling. And there's a sort of um, a getting alongness about them. And then it's teenagers who start to assert their individual will, right? And teenagers, of course, have a bad reputation as being rebellious and pushing back and not following instructions. But we can look at teenagers and say, well, they need to do that because they're finding themselves. They're finding they're needing to push back against, you know, whatever their parents taught them that may or may not be their truth in their life. And they're becoming adults. And this is a necessary phase, that pushing back. That's what the United States was. And I would argue still is. It's a teenage consciousness country founded on rebellion, founded on we're not that. And we're going to create a bunch of laws to make sure that we're never ruled by a king again and checks and balances and democracy, which would be a great idea, as Winston Churchill said, if it were actually practiced. Um, but at least the ideas are there. So the teenager, the teenage consciousness has indiv- a sense of individuality. It has a sense of self. But what's the shadow side? Right? That teenager thinks they know everything, don't they? They've got it all figured out. And they know, despite the fact that their parents have decades of experience on them, they know better. And they, what does a teenager need to do? They need to make their own mistakes. Because when you're a parent of a teenager, that's when you start realizing like, oh, they don't follow instructions anymore like they did when they were six. I can't just tell them what to do. I've got to kind of negotiate with their emerging individuality and see if I can influence them. But they don't just do whatever I say anymore. And sometimes that's a good thing. And often that makes a tremendous mess, doesn't it? So the United States and, and all the countries that have followed it are seeing more and more because, you know, even though the U.S. is the only country founded on the rights of the individual, of course, older countries, France, Germany, UK, and all that, former, former monarchies are following suit, right? And um, there's still a queen in England. Yeah, there still is, right? But over the last couple hundred years, she's lost more and more and more power, and it's just become sort of a figurehead, you know, it's kind of a, more a soap opera drama to, to follow than anything else. So countries like that have transitioned into a more um, democratic uh, situation. So all of the civilized countries, in quotes, are moving toward this rights of the individual thing. And more and more, we see the shadow side of that. And one of the best illustrations of that is our current president. Trump gets a lot of flack, of course. But he is, what I love about Trump, is he is a quintessential representation of the rights, perspective, needs of the individual gone awry. He's the consummate teenager, right? He says whatever he thinks, he does whatever he wants, and even after getting in quite a lot of trouble for uh, uh, allegedly inviting a foreign country to interfere with an election, 10 days later or so, I think it was more like five days later, invites another country to do it 
on national television. Invited China to do it after he was accused of Ukraine doing it. I mean, think about the, the, I have to say, I have to use the Yiddish chutzpah on this guy, right? It's profound. And lots of people really, really like it. Well, why do they like it? Because they're teenagers themselves. Because he's representing a point of view that says, like, well, I don't have to follow the rules. I can make my own. I can do whatever I want. That's the teenage mentality. It's the rights of the individual taken to its logical extreme, to the point where the rules, guidelines, even the very nature of reality itself doesn't matter. And that's what we see today more and more in modern spirituality, whether someone considers themselves spiritual or not. We think that we can change the way we look at something, and then it is that way. Have you noticed? You know, 50 years ago, there wasn't re-perspectivizing like there is today. People think they can just look at something differently and then it is different. Well, I prefer to look at, well, you know, you just lost your job for being incompetent. Well, I prefer to look at it as it wasn't the right fit. That wasn't going on 100 years ago, you see? But the, the perspective of the individual has become so important it's gone, it's swung from being not important enough pre Renaissance through the Renaissance where it became more and more important. And now we've been, we're off to the races where you can literally create, well, not literally, literally means you actually do that. I'm trying to hold on to the original meaning of that word. You figuratively create your own reality. And then you have things like, um, you know, like the simulation idea that uh, Elon Musk is so famous for talking about, that, you know, we, that it's very likely, he and other people say, that we're actually living in a simulation. None, none of this is real. That's an example of this kind of stuff. Uh, my favorite, uh, to me, one of the key markers in, in this whole um, de-evolution, I would say, is after Trump's inauguration, when the turnout was not very good, and, uh, and it was raining, so it's understandable in some ways. But the administration felt the need to claim that it was the best attended inauguration ever when the numbers just, you know, in the film just didn't support that. And when Kellyanne Conway, who was the White House spokesperson at the time, was challenged on this, she said, well, we have alternative facts. And I like to think that there was a disturbance in the force in that moment when the, the phrase alternative fact was coined. That's, that's a thing now. There's an alternative fact. It's a complete and total oxymoron, right? The, enough, a fact is supposed to be an indisputable aspect of reality. You know, this can't be a water bottle and a gerbil, right? It can't be both of those things. It has to be just one. There's no alternative fact about it. That's what this is. It doesn't matter how you want to interpret it or what you choose to believe. It's a water bottle. It's made of steel. I'm hitting my head with it. It's not up to your interpretation. But if you start to listen through this lens of seeing what I call extreme subjectivism, where people see reality the way they want to and then justify it with their rights and needs and desires and validity as an individual, you'll see it everywhere. 
it is the governing dynamic of the decay of human civilization. That's how we're destroying ourselves. That's it. Look at the climate change debate. Climate's changing, it's not changing. The data says it's changing. The experience says it's changing. Well, okay, maybe it's changing, but we're not causing it. So therefore, we're not responsible. You see how the whole thing is, it's about looking at, do we want to look at the facts and the actual experience, or do we want to just believe what we want to believe? Because as I often say, you can throw the whole thing out. Is there a finite amount of oil? The answer is, of course, yes. There's a finite amount of everything on this planet. So is it a good idea to have a plan for when the stuff runs out? Mm-hmm. End of debate. It's really simple. <laughs> it's really simple. But the whole thing is complicated because the debate is framed about individual opinions and interpretations and, well, what should we do? You see what I mean? And so if you start looking through this lens, you'll see it everywhere. It's, it's extreme subjectivism, and it's the soup that we're swimming in most of the time. And most people don't realize they're in it because that is our culture today. But if you were to be you know, sent back in time to 1410, you would be shocked by how objectivistic the society is. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the reality they were living in was right or true, but it was not up to individual interpretation. You see, that's what the Catholic Church did in Europe. They said, this is reality. There's a heaven, there's a hell. Here's what you need to do to go to heaven. Here are the rules. That's the deal. It's not up to your individual interpretation of it. We read the Bible in Latin. That's what it says. Never mind that you haven't read it. That's the deal. Very neat, right? Now, of course, there was oppression and all sorts of problems with that, but we're still rebelling against that, rebelling against authority, rebelling against structure, rebelling against rules, rebelling, 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 rebelling against truth, rebelling against boundaries. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.